Greetings from the future! Weird John Reese davies impression there, I don't know why I did that. Hi, uh, Gavin Editing here, just want to give a quick note about audio quality. This episode was recorded in my living room on my end because my fiance was asleep at the time and my laptop has a weird glitch where the aux jack output for headphones makes all audio doubled so it echoes and I can't really tell if there's like slight audio problems which meant I didn't notice Will's mic was super high on the gain and uh, I'm gonna try some stuff to fix it but Will's gonna sound a little blown out this episode that's why and then we found out after the fact what happened Will's cat mozzarella just loves to rub up against the gain knob on the Blue Yeti that Will uses, turning up the volume while they're not looking, which is adorable. And as a, air quotes, treat for listening to that update, here is something from the Wizard's Joke Book. What did the fish play after school? Trout or dare? <laughs> Welcome back, listeners, to Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm Gavin, one of the hosts, joined by the amenitable Will Williams. Hello. Hi, Will. We have Hi. we have we have uh, uh, grown up pants industry things to talk about today. <laughs> We do. We have to be big kids. We have to be big kids, and uh, we're probably going to kind of break some hearts here by coming down on the side of stealing stuff isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, stealing information not bad? great. Not good. Yeah. Question mark. But first, question mark. But first, Will, we have our first recorded at the moment and not edited edited in by me. Housekeeping segment. Oh, I'm playing radio sound effects and stuff. Isn't it cool? All right. (laughs) Welcome to the Tuned In Dialed Up intro, I guess. We are going to quickly give thanks to the producer-level patrons at patreon.com forward slash Gavin G who help keep the lights on around here. There's two of them, and they're LED, and they run off of AA batteries, and gosh darn it, are those expensive. (laughs) <laughs> our current producer level patrons are gene and alice who are both awesome and never Yay. accidentally hit skip halfway through a podcast so they have to go back and find out where the hell they were in the time code because oh that's, that's one the of the worst wor- it's it's the worst and that never happens to them <laughs> good job you two if you would like to become a producer level patron yourself just head over to our patreon it's linked in the description and on the show notes and all that fun stuff and you can help us get towards our first goal which is transcribing all episodes that come out in a month and yeah. one episode from the backlog so if we get to that point we can kind of steadily work through it all and get it all actually accessible like we want it to be but yeah now that that's said let's do our shining moments will what's something awesome that's happened in the last couple of weeks yeah that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna be selfish with this one. Ooh. Um, Valence lost its, I mean, not lost, launched. I was about to say what <laughs> happened. Uh, we lost. We just fucking lost. Boom, uh, boom, boom. Valence launched its Indiegogo campaign. Um, we launched it like five days ago, and I'm pulling it up right now so I can tell you the exact percent. Um, yeah, we're still at 69%. Nice. Um, which I am very proud of. I, that's a lot. That's a lot in five days. That is a lot. 
So it's very, very exciting. Um, we've announced at this point seven cast members. Amazing cast um, members. Yeah, our our cast is really great. So I'm very proud of all of that. Um, it's been good. What about you, Gavin? Oh, hey, there's a spider I need to kill and not tell Jordan oh, I saw in here. Uh, yeah, just, just just keep that one quiet. It's just on the ceiling right there. All right. Oh, it's uh, on the ceiling. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's oh. tiny. It's not a... Oh, he's it, waiting for you to lay down so he can hop onto you. <laughs> wow, you're making this worse than Jordan does and she loses her <laughs> mind. All right, uh, I think I'm also going to be selfish in that I launched a daily podcast on September yeah! 1st, and that was... Hell yeah! I made that decision after having worked 10 hours. I was literally driving back to clock out, and I was like, you know what? The the Indiegogo for the Ghost in 3B, I didn't have enough time to put into that, and it flopped. Uh, I was already prepared to do stuff for the higher-level donors that would just suggest Halloween stuff to them. I could just do a podcast of that and then i ran oh, home yeah. i recorded like a six, eight minute thing and i'm like okay these episodes are gonna be five minutes and once a day i'm gonna recommend cool halloween stuff and then there's not there's only been one episode that's five minutes <laughs> they're all pushing <laughs> 10 uh yep as we record this today's episode was about people watching character actors outside of haunted houses because that's a thing yeah i actually shared that with uh George. i did it once by myself by accident and then last year, while Jordan and I were like getting it, it might have been the year before, one of the years we've been dating, there's two of them, we went and parked outside of one of the haunted houses that has like a Mike Myers and a Jason Voorhees that just kind of like creep out kids <laughs> in the line <laughs> to get inside, uh, which is awesome until we looked up and there was just a Pennywise down the street. Because there's like two oh. haunted houses about three blocks apart from each other. And the whole deal is you buy a ticket, you get to go to both. So there's this constant stream of people going between them. But sometimes there's a lag and there's not a bunch of just like attendees walking around in the street. And we just looked up mm -hmm. and there was, there was just a scary clown standing in the middle of the road. Just hanging out. As you do. And we just suddenly realized, oh, we're not in a safe zone because right? <laughs> the city is in a safe zone right now. <laughs> But yeah, it's called Spooktember, and it's just me trying to get in the Halloween spirit, because last year I didn't, and that kind of sucked. Uh, we've already got some Dollar Tree decorations up there that I'm looking nice. at right now. Actually, Dollar Tree has, um, like, unpainted balsa wood Halloween, like, jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts that Aww. you can paint yourself. And when Jordan painted the pumpkin, I realized, oh, we've got a ton of acrylic paint. We could buy two more and make a buy one for Jordan and a pan flag one for me. So we're going to have gay pumpkins in our window. It's going to be awesome. Amazing. Love it. I and, love it. And no one else will see them because our windows are never open. <laughs> our blinds yeah. are never open. Yeah. All right. We don't, we don't decorate until September 7th because oh. September 6th is Zach's birthday. Nice. Um, and I like to, to honor it, but I honor it for one day and then it's time for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zach. I know what I'm that about. Much. That's, not, that's yeah. nice for Zach. <laughs> Now that we've done the fun part, let's talk about the, the, the thing. So, to broadly broach the topic, couple about I guess a couple weeks by the time this has gone up, I know it started at Podcast Movement. Or not at Podcast Movement, but while Podcast Movement was happening. So, it's been a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. Crime Junkie got busted for essentially just reading a write-up of a 
or investigative reporting of a murder that they were covering in an episode. Crime Junkie's general response was just kind of a, sorry, we'll do better. And then, uh, but before that, they quietly just deleted the episodes that were being called out for plagiarism. And then as a result of that, a reporter by uh, by the name of Josh Levin, or a writer by the name of Josh Levin, did a Twitter thread about uh, attribution issues in nonfiction, in which he talked about how The Dollop, which is a big American history podcast, kind of just chomped his article on a uh, on a specific person from history that he wrote about to the point of he did a slate article that he turned into a book mm-hmm. and and uh, Dave Anthony was straight up like mostly reading sentences whole cloth and switching like two words around the thing is this isn't the first time the dollop has gotten in hot water over this in the past when it happened uh Dave Anthony uh his conciliatory measure was to put all of his sources on a Squarespace website, like a sort, like a, a separate website just for sources. So uh, Dave Anthony's response was to basically just make a Squarespace site. That's free. Like it literally is the hyphen dollop hyphen sources dot Squarespace.com or something like that. Just yeah. the worst URL <laughs> in the world. When you make thousands of dollars on Patreon and can afford a website. Yeah. I also so I I get why he did that, but I think it's a really weird it's a, choice. It's, it's, it's purposefully weird. obtuse. It almost feels like yeah. Yeah. So when this Josh then, Levin thing happens, well, did you hear about the the third instance as well with Helen Zaltzman? I did not hear about Helen. Helen Zaltzman, Zaltzman did not plagiarize. I want to put that out there. No, I was Helen I, Zaltzman I, is incredible and perfect. I immediately um, and, uh, did not assume that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm linking you to the thread right now. I don't know why. I don't know why I gasped excitedly. You got me like, so I'm not excited. Get it. <laughs> so, uh, Helen Zaltzman wrote about how there was there's a short book being released that oh, basically no. just plagiarizes from one of her episodes and includes some of the same jokes. What? Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> God, and then the pers- the PR person for the author of the book it, oh my contacted God. Helen to ask if Helen wanted the author on her show. Which, oh. the amount of, of gall. There is like, so I much humor here. Right? Right? Like, really just, just, uh... Uh, just baffling uh baffling i think to talk i think to talk about all three of these things we should briefly mention or at least this is how i understand the the reason why people seem to always end up doing this because you start a nonfiction podcast right i'm going to talk about you know crimes that involve broomsticks and then you go through the first 10 or 15 that you can find quickly and easily on wikipedia and then people start wanting better content and you start needing more specific content. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like my favorite, although my favorite murder has gotten in hot water over this as well. They're also too massive for anyone to really make a significant dent. Um, my favorite murder is just so broad. It can, mm-hmm. there's an infinite number of sources for it. Stuff like the dollop also is somewhat broad, but um there's like a there's a vibe to the episodes that uh there has to be something funny to it so the you know dave anthony has to kind of 
find something that has a snarky twist to it or uh, or mm-hmm. he can make fun of or or just point out how ridiculous this thing is. There's a constant urge or the, no, there's a constant push to have more content, more stuff, more stuff. So I can I can see the argument that like ran out of time, I guess, or just no. got so tunnel visioned. Like none of these are good excuses, but these are the excuses I could think up in my head, I guess. Right. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, one of the excuses that's used is like, well, I just didn't think it was a big deal. It is, though. And, right. And, like, again, to an extent, I can understand. No, I can't. I lied. I tried to have empathy, and then I, I stopped. Um, no, I think it's... Like, even... I think I think there's also, like, a level of people just assume Wikipedia is fine to pull from, so therefore, like something from a website they don't respect also right or a source they don't respect like a podcast like if if you rip from a podcast or a buzzfeed news article just because you, right. you turn your nose up at buzzfeed doesn't mean like that person didn't put months of work into it yeah and also for what it's worth so i this is like just a journalism thing <laughs> so i think that buzzfeed like normal buzzfeed is fairly garbo yeah no buzzfeed news has phenomenal reporters like really shockingly incredible they do so much work they do like long in-depth reported pieces that take years and years like they're fucking killer so that's that's not really related but like don't disrespect buzzfeed news not you also like (laughs) uh what is it uh buzzfeed unsolved the that series like they source stuff and that is the most oh, yeah. that is the most clickbaity true crime and paranormal thing it is it is specifically constructed to be a cl- uh, like a, as catchy as possible it is the most buzzfeedian of the decent buzzfeed series i've seen video series i've seen and it still sources stuff right right and like yeah i think i think that's a good way to go about this conversation is let's start with podcasts that do it well yes. so the first one that comes to my mind is Spirits, uh, the Multitude podcast. Um, Indeed. Disclosure, uh, both Gavin and I do work with Julia Shafini, one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both fans of Spirits before we started working with her. And one thing I've always loved about Spirits is that it has, so it has the setup where there is an expert and a novice. Julia is the expert. Amanda is the novice. Julia researches in depth every single subject that she talks about and the way that she does this is she goes to primary and secondary sources she's actually looking through like texts and essays and things like that and sourcing from those so that way even if say they talk about you know bigfoot one episode and then another podcast talks about bigfoot like you're going to have you're going to have yeah, crossover like that. Right. But Julia in what she says will cite the source that she's pulling from and pull direct quotes like it's an essay. And I think this accomplishes so many things. So first off, she's pulling the knowledge from experts um, who are even you know more expert than she is. So it's clear she's not just making things up on the fly. Which is especially pertinent because she's talking about, you know, the mythology and lore and stories of other cultures. Um, And then she's also showing that she's done the work 
and she's showing you know that that she isn't just lifting from somewhere by weaving the quotes in and by actually giving verbal citations and not just saying you can check the source here it is impossible to think that she is trying to pass someone else's work off as her own i you don't listen to this show so uh, i just want to tack this on um sydney mcelroy on sawbones i started listening you did actually i did yeah are you just Um, cherry picking episodes you know won't eke you out pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she just like sources stuff like a real journalist (laughs) yeah exactly I think that it's important to note that both of these people do come from academic backgrounds, which means they have experience in this. And that is not experience that everybody necessarily has. So people don't maybe know to look Mm -hmm. at things like essays and secondary and primary sources. People might not even know what those are. So, right, like if we talked about Unwell, the podcast on Tuned and Dialed Up, and we pulled quotes directly from Unwell, Yes. That would be us pulling from a primary source. Now, and if then someone... if we wanted to talk about uh, the the writings around Unwell and pull from some of those, you know, those ideas that have already been put out there, like Ellie's article on yeah, Unwell. Yeah, we cite Ellie's article. Right. That is a secondary source. So when Julia pulls from these things, if she is talking about Gilgamesh, then Gilgamesh is the primary source and essays on Gilgamesh are secondary sources. So it's important to have both when when both are available, because, again, that way you're getting something that is uh, authentic and accurate. But also you're showing that you're not playing off the words as your own. If you're giving those verbal citations, like Mm -hmm. saying in the original text of Gilgamesh, as translated by xyz there is a line that reads meow 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 i'm gilgamesh i will hurt you very badly i am so strong that translator was not very good (laughs) that's not gonna get quoted on twitter at all (laughs) (laughs) like i think but that's that's uh, a way to show that's a way to just easily avoid plagiarism it's so easy also, and I know this requires one thing. What I'm about to say does assume that uh, one is actively looking at like scholarly articles on things, and I know that's not what's frequently getting ripped off. Because if you're going to the if you're going to a length to look up scholarly articles, you probably already have it put into your head that plagiarism bad. But right, not only is it possible to get academic articles for free by just emailing the person who wrote it because they're usually pretty pretty tight about like yeah re- I, more people should read this my publisher charges eighty dollars for some reason i don't know why but i could just give it to you uh mm-hmm. you would not believe, alive you would not believe how many experts on fields would love to skype with you and talk about the thing on your podcast if yeah, you ask for instance <laughs> for instance when I was researching my parasocial Hi, article. Oh, could you hear him? Oh, such bastard. <laughs> hey, uh, when I was researching my parasocial article, um, there was a scholar, and I'm going to leave names out of all of this oh, for reasons. Uh, there was a scholar whose work I read 
And I didn't cite anything in my piece because my my reading was for my own research to make sure that I fully comprehended what I was talking about. I didn't use quotes or anything like that. And I also didn't use concepts from any of these pieces. But mm. I read a lot of works by a scholar who's written on parasocial relationships. And somebody on Twitter called me out and said that if I wanted to know anything about parasocial relationships, I should read the works by this scholar, assuming that I hadn't. Yeah. Um, and also, again, quoting things incorrectly to make it seem like I was wrong when I was not. Yes. So when I told people about this, someone contacted that scholar and asked them if the person who was... Uh, criticizing me was correct and the scholar said no not at all what are they talking about so yeah you can actually just contact scholars and let me tell you sometimes it feels really good oh boy (laughs) i I remember the person calling you out i did not hear the rest of this this is fantastic yeah (laughs) it was really good that is beautiful yeah um, but yeah, moral is like you can find essays on things. Uh, Google Scholar, if you go to like scholar.google.com and you type in keywords, you yes. can find so many free articles and you don't have to have JSTOR access for a lot of them or anything like that. Like it doesn't matter if you are at university or in school at all, you can just access a ton of articles for free online. Also, uh, speaking of JSTOR, there are several. I know my college did, does it, and it might just be a security oversight on their part, but on the website of the library of my college, there is a search engine that they paid a lot of money for and kind of sucks, but it allows you to search JSTOR and everything else without being signed into a school computer or having a school account. So for that, because I know exactly what you're talking about, you can search those articles, but at least if it's the same portal as mine, you can't access. Right. But then what you could do is search the names of those articles and see if they come up on something like Google Scholar. There you go. Or again, you can find them and, and then email people and be like, hey, can I have the article for learning? Especially if you say... Hi, I am from Podcast X. Yes. I found your article. I I don't have access to it, but I would like to use it in my episode on the thing. Um, I will cite you both in audio and on the show notes and on the website. Is that okay? Would you be okay with giving me access to the article? And almost definitely they're going to be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm going to be on a podcast. I'm a nerd. I love that. Because they're a professor. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> well, I think we've, we've quite well covered the academic side of this. I want to briefly touch on the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's say you're making a, a nonfiction podcast that, like, it, it, you're talking about topics that aren't necessarily well-written on academically, but there are a bunch of internet journalists who are writing about this thing and put, like, there's a ton of Vulture and Slade and... Uh, I, I, fuck. I was gonna a Je- I was gonna say Jezebel as a joke, but I couldn't pull Jezebel quickly. Enough. Aww, womp, womp. Uh, womp. Uh, that, I, I'm just there was a really good parody article on Jezebel that just popped up on Twitter the other day. That, that's why I was thinking about that. If you're talking about more poppy stuff, it is possible to source those things with the same level of care that one would do with a actual piece of 
capital A, a capital A academic learning, you know, like. Absolutely. And you should. And you, guess what? Those people probably also as equally into the idea of either being properly sourced and you just you reached out to talk to them about it or even coming on the show, maybe question mark <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. I do want to stress this episode isn't us saying go bother journalists a lot, but <laughs> right. if you are if you are doing a thing and you are putting the time and effort into researching it well. Yeah, and even even if you hate the article and you hate the person who wrote it, even just citing them in audio, like at least you're covering your own ass. You know, at least nobody's going to come at you and say, oh, they plagiarized because you verbally told everyone that the words were not your own. Yes. Like it just it just it just makes so much more sense than anything else. Even if you're paraphrasing, just noting noting that, like, I read or this article says this and therefore I like there's a, a, the most common source of this, obviously, is true crime shows where <clears throat> murder number 10 happened mm -hmm. in glendale california and mm -hmm. uh jimmy the 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 funny cow mascot of the local radio station got whacked on the street corner at 3 a.m uh mm -hmm. and the last person to see jimmy alive was x says blah 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 in slate article you can it, like a lot of these shows are just they're going to wikipedia and then they're pulling links and that is not a bad way to get started Mm -hmm. And if you have four or five sources, you can probably pretty well, in a fun, popcorny way, tell the story of a thing you're talking about. The trick is to keep in mind what you are sourcing and where that thing comes from, because it seems the the other downside here is the people who are getting called out for plagiarism sometimes are doing it word for word like dave anthony did with that specific episode of the dollop it's been more general in the past but that specific episode um they are reading multiple sources on a thing becoming well read in it and then forgetting that they're using very specific pieces of information that are only available mm -hmm. from one source mm -hmm. like if i if i start writing a video essay about the the folklore legend casey jones and then i mention a specific like his, his hair was this exact color and this exact length when he died and there's only one place on the internet where that possibly could have come from right even though i'm talking about a folklore legend train dude that like many people have written about it many many times there's a lot of general information that a lot of people know that hair length <laughs> is, right, right. I need to remember that this came from Jim Didi who, of this railroad museum who is very creepily has the measurement of a dead man's hair <laughs> I have just described the most metal train uh, history podcast yeah. ever yeah holy shit <laughs> yeah um what one thing that i think is slippier slip slipper slip slip slippery slipperier <laughs> with this is comedy so this has yeah. come up a lot in stand-up where somebody will be accused of stealing jokes just because of group think, yeah Right. And and the person whose joke was allegedly stolen will take to Twitter or some such and say, like, hey, sometimes people have the same idea at the same time and it's normal. Yeah. Like sometimes obviously plagiarism happens in comedy, but sometimes it seems like people just think of things at the same time. It's it's like because 
I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm just saying stand up is easy and there's a lot to stand up that's hard, but there are so many goddamn jokes in stand up comedy that are base level what if thing or reaction to thing that are not difficult jokes to come up with <laughs> logically. Right. And even to get a little bit more like galaxy brain on this, Ooh. like. Everybody, there are trends in art at the same time for the same reasons. So, right. So, like, we can look at modernism, which was a post-war reaction to romanticism and saying, like, oh, actually, no. (laughs) Like, fuck this all. Like, when there are big sociopolitical events that happen like um okay like 9-11 so 9-11 happened and uh i'm sorry i got really excited about saying 9-11 uh and i just want to apologize to everyone in the world there are there there are two things at play here number one i had a example in my head ready to go i was like like the rise in jokes in the everyone being like uh am i the only one who thinks scary clowns are scary uh, that that bit became super popular as soon as it was announced. Um, but also, there's a like three second YouTube video of Norm Macdonald just saying the words 9/11 and then laughing his ass off for seemingly no reason other than he finds 9/11 hilarious. Uh, it is completely out of context and is one of the most bonkers funny things that my loving fiance shows me on a regular basis. <laughs> So I have this Pavlovian response to when someone randomly says night. <laughs> so where where did I, <laughs> we left off at nine eleven? We did leave off at nine eleven, and I heard none of your reaction to me explaining the Norm Macdonald thing. <laughs> oh no, I was laughing so hard. Oh no. Oh okay. Well, anyway, so. so in response to 9-11, since clowns are way less fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after 9-11, um, everybody was making like really intense hero's journey, Americana, like classic good people do good things and bad people are bad people art. Yes. Like, and granted some of that was because some of it was paid for by the american military which is the thing that actually happens did you know that the american military paid for literally all of the marvel movies anyway um Uh, it should be it should be noted just to tack that on and make it a little bit worse anytime the pentagon is shown it's because the script is in there the pentagon uh you have to get filming rights to it so anytime a military movie is like the pentagon uh, and it's just like a helicopter shot that script got approved by the pentagon Yep. So, but so, which is all to say, like, after big socio-political events and in certain socio-political eras, everybody is thinking the same way because that's how psychology works. Like, there are going to be people who think differently and do things differently. And uh, sometimes that is the art that lasts the most critically. But regardless, the point is, like, people are capable of thinking of the same thing independently of each other is all of that why were we talking about this uh we were talking about groupthink and comedy 
Yes. Okay. So comedy is a slippery slope when it comes to plagiarism and citations. Um, I know, Will. It's so hard to be a comic today. People are so sensitive. <laughs> they get triggered. Christ. You know, it's, it's hard being a comedian out here. There's a target on your back. Give me oh, my money, God. Netflix. Christ. Everybody needs to take a fucking nap. And now it's a fucking hack bit to make fun of that because so many people have made that fucking joke about Netflix comedians being dumbasses. Right. So with comedy, I think things can be slippery, but just make sure this is also another reason why, like, stop trying to be the McElroys. Oh, my God. Like, like, first off, nobody is going to be funny in the McElroy way like the McElroys are. But second off, like, I hear a ton of comedy chat casts that are basically just plagiarism from them. Like, boy, like, just steal. Right. Like, just full on stealing jokes boy. and shit. Right. And like, and like, granted, I think that some of that phrasing has just entered slang and has yeah. become common but like i've heard people just like full-on and sometimes you know sometimes it's just a reference but like just making mcelroy jokes in fact we've probably done it on here um yeah but again we always cite those i've heard a lot where they don't cite them and it's just like stop fucking doing that dude like, if we started calling our, like, if we called fans of the show Mango Cult and didn't reference why we're using that, and we just used the joke from the Bim Bam about the Mango Cult thing, that would be just kind of running with someone else's shit. Right, right. What all, anything else about, about plagiarism while we're here? I mean, just don't fucking do it. Like, just fucking cite hey. your sources. Hey, guess what? Uh, the key to making a good podcast is taking the time and effort to, like, think through what you're doing. It says someone yeah. who started a daily podcast in 20 minutes, but, like, I already <laughs> had a spreadsheet with half a month's worth of ideas ready before I even right, hit record. Right. Um, I, and I don't want to say, like, I'm a great podcaster, but there's still the fact that, like, there are there's 700,000 podcasts out there, and most of those are some... Uh, some ding dong who got his dude friend to come over and was basically the guy from shrill uh shout out to shrill the the show that doesn't exist oh, anymore because so everyone forgot good. about it five seconds after it came out um yep. that podcasting scene those podcasting scenes in shrill are very real and so, it, yeah. so is the podcast episode of it's always sunny um both of them are very realistic interpretations of people who just kind of do it and don't think it through uh right if you are passionate about your craft you will probably have a great time it might suck and you might get no downloads but you put the effort into it right like wouldn't you rather make something that makes you proud like and i would be proud of something that i researched and then cited and then like what's exciting to me is that then those people can go on and they can read more too and then we can talk about it and you know they they'll learn more like i love that i love that <sighs> all right well now that we've talked about um some heavy stuff and hopefully given some helpful tips to people who want to make nonfiction podcasts in the future why don't we pivot to recommendations yeah, I, I don't know that why that I phrased is... that like there was going to be a drop. Like we don't have <laughs> a drop for recommendations. No, I'll just I'll, five dollars PayPal to anyone who has a good drop for recommendations. 
oh that joke's dangerous because like fucking josh or somebody is just gonna record themselves saying the word recommendations and i'm gonna like it (laughs) anyway this is the part of the show we recommend two podcasts that we like as well as one that's not real and we'll probably make the other one groan will why don't you go first my will starting with the pun one which is a strong move (laughs) or am i (gasps) my first recommendation it's a bicycle podcast called this american bike (laughs) that's very cute Um, yeah, I think I want to go back to kind of a classic that I think I've recommended before, but it came up again today and I was just reminded of how much I fucking love it. Um, 36 questions. My God. I did. That was coming up a lot today. It was. So it is the 36th day of August. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and... One of the creators tweeted, like, get somebody to listen to 36 questions. And hey, listener, I'd like you to listen to 36 questions. 36 questions is a three part mini series musical by the people who the studio that made Limetown. It has uh, the guy who played the guy fucking not Kristoff. Yeah, so it stars Jonathan Groff, um, who was in Frozen, and Jesse Shelton, who is currently the understudy for Eva, Eva Noblezada um, for Hadestown, uh, for the role of Eurydice. So they are both amazing. It is a story about a husband and wife who have become separated for mysterious reasons. You find out why, because the wife is coming to confront the husband as he tries to (laughs) fix up his mom's home. And she tries to win him back. Um, It is interesting and intimate and very funny. And the music is so catchy and so good. It's so good. And... It's just three episodes long. It is like the length of a film and the amount of character and history they pack into that short amount of time is really amazing. And unlike anything else I've ever heard, it's not often you get so much in such little time. So again, that is... 36 questions uh, by two up. I believe you still have to search two up to find it um, in your podcatcher, but yeah, it's worth a listen. Gavin, what's your first one? Today I have a movie uh, discussion podcast that runs for two hours sure plus an episode. Uh-huh. Uh, this, no, this is actually a real show. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <for the> <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I just I just open with that because I know you're just gonna like tune out immediately. Um, yes, I've, you're I've right. Mentioned this in the show. I've, I've mentioned this one on the show before. I can't remember if I recommended it or not, but um, Blank Check with Griffin and David is a uh, audio boom podcast that is very long very very fucking long on the tooth in every episode the trick is it's one of the the griffin of griffin and david is griffin newman who plays arthur on the tick uh and other things as well he gets bit parts here and there 
Griffin Newman has this passion for filmmaking and uh, just Griffin's uh, Griffin's brain is so full of movie facts. Uh, as a kid, him and his father would read the box office numbers for movies in the paper, and for some reason that stuck. So whenever they talk about a movie, uh, David will pull up the box office numbers for the weekend it came out, and Griffin has a alarmingly high hit rate on guessing the movies uh it's it's pretty wild and the re the 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 thing that makes blank check great is the name of the show is the conceit of it which is there are tons of directors who had a lot of success early on in their career and studios essentially gave them a blank check to make whatever they wanted um sometimes that means they get to go make whatever bonanza wild wacky movie they want like tim burton kind of got free reign for a few years uh they do they do series on directors they just finished up one on michael mann before that was tim burton before that and before that before that like there's many series uh before but the one they're currently working on is miyazaki starting with his loop in the third film so uh, yeah the, the the thing that's really great about this is the fact that for all of his love of movies and specifically of animation, Griffin Newman saw, I think he saw Princess Mononoke when he was in high school and he saw Spirited Away when it came out and neither of them really like grabbed him. He didn't get it. Um, so he just has a, somehow avoided Studio Ghibli up until this point. So not only are they going through Miyazaki's movies from the beginning and working forward, he's also experiencing them for the first time. And I've only listened to uh, the, uh, what is it? The castle uh, castle Cagliostro, the castle of Cagliostro, the first one. Um, and I'm most of the way through Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I've he, he, both times. He has like head over heels, love the movie. And it's going to be awesome to continue through listening to them. Just interview these movies basically and engage with them on so many different levels. The thing is, uh, Occasionally they have guests, and if you really liked the Bim Bam TV show, you might like a lot of episodes of uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David, because they love to have director J.D. Amato on as a guest host, <laughs> and he's hilarious. If you've listened to the Bim Bam co- uh, commentary tracks, he's on those uh, on the Bim Bam TV show. It's really good. Uh, so yeah, Blank Check with Griffin and David. It is super long and really could use editing. There's so many. There is a 40-minute tangent about dj Khaled in that's the, so much it I, I i it might be 30 but it's really they start because they, they so go much. it's actually a really good it's it's a really funny conversation about the the existence of celebrities who are just celebrities because they're celebrities and no other celebrities yeah so tricast i don't know what it uploaded it stopped working so Gavin recommended Blank Check, and I hope we got all that audio. We'll see. (laughs) So my second recommendation is something that I've been wanting to see in audio fiction for a while. It is a period piece. Um, I am not crazy about American war things. Um, I'm not like... I'm not like an American, I'm not like a history person, but I'm especially not an American history person. And I'm I'm not like a Hamilton person or anything like that. But um, this podcast takes place in the Revolutionary War um, in the States. And the concept is that there is 
a soldier who acts kind of like a minstrel or kind of like a bard going around from battle to battle and uh, playing a flute and then he disappears and each each episode kind of has a theme and they talk to different people who uh, you know experienced these songs so for instance one episode every like everybody who is interviewed they'll all have a story that kind of touches on like the theme of home or the theme of loss. Um, and again, all getting back to this guy who plays this, this little flute and it's called this American Fife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dumb one. <laughs> it's a story. It's a story told yeah. in two parts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, uh, yeah. This is rough because there are two shows I feel like I would be recommending if I had time to listen to them because both Carrier and Buying Ghosts sound like they are my jam. Yeah. I just haven't listened to them yet. Specifically yeah. Carrier because, well, I mean, I drive for a living and so like a truck driver has cargo and he doesn't know what it is and it starts making sounds. Sounds like the perfect car podcast. <laughs> Smoke bomb and clear the room. <laughs> Tis I, Gavin, in the future. Uh, you might hear a fan of the, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to turn it off. We're professionals here. There's Patreon involved. Ah. Screw you, fan. And screw you, other fan. But the light is attached to it, so it's dark now. I'm coming back. This isn't sound design. This is real. Okay, so the truth of the matter is, when we originally recorded this, TriCast started being TriCast about things, and then we moved to the, I think, Superior Zencaster. Fight me on that one. We uh, continued to experience a couple more internet problems because Will's Wi-Fi was being fun once again. We got in a weird situation where I just was self-conscious about the fact that I was taking too long to scroll through my phone, which I shouldn't be because Will's a professional and pausing for more than three seconds does not feel like an eternity to anyone but myself. I just picked something I had listened to the first episode of and started talking about it and then stopped talking about it and called it a recommendation. That's not fair to that podcast and it's definitely not fair to the show I wanted to recommend and I remembered it while I was editing. So today I want to quickly recommend an audio drama without will here to react to it i want to react <laughs> i want to recommend to you scenic byways as someone who listened to take me home country roads while i was dropping my fiance off at work today i like a good travel narrative and i also just kind of like things about places in america there's a lot of there's a lot of questionable subtext to actual Americana the more you dig into it, but there's also just something there because there's all these beautiful locations in this huge swath of land that we totally stole. It, that doesn't change the fact that like the actual places have spirit to them. There's that there, that there is a feeling when you are in Virginia in the mountains that is completely different than when you are you know way up north in. Uh, Minnesota, almost called the state Minneapolis. And when you're way up north in Minnesota, uh, if you go from like Kentucky to Michigan, it looks exactly the same. And I don't know why it's freaky, but this there's a lot going on. And the thing is, every single episode of this 
audio drama is based either in or near a national park, which I, I am a sucker for anything that tries to get people to visit national parks and this one is just like the the fact that it's not even like really overt it's just there and it's mentioned on the website and i just fuck hand hands off that's scary hats off to that plot decision scenic byways is an audio drama that is uh it's it's diegetic audio in that the narrator is this person who goes just by the name truck driver and uh, the truck driver is telling you the listener who I think is having only listened to some episodes is supposed to be his dead wife. I think this is one of those. I'm leaving this to keep I'm, I'm collecting my thoughts underneath the guise of I'm just telling a story to my dead wife. Uh, and he also seemingly has a recorder with him at all times. There's a lot of. Um, uh, there's a lot of play with the, the diegetic audio of it, and anytime he needs to insert narration into a scene that has dialogue, there's a, like, stop and play button sound effect, which is a pretty effective way of slipping in narration when your narration is both someone in the dialogue and outside of it, which I found that to be a clever workaround. The acting is great, the writing is great, and since it is based around national parks, these national parks are all places that have a lot of uh, have a lot of beautiful scenery attached to them, and they are usually in areas that have a rich folklore to them. Um, episode two, I think, plays with the fact that um, it, this takes place in a quote fractured America. This truck driver mentions how it's like more difficult to go from place to place, and they uh, it, it feels like this is either like a, a, a near future where something big goes down and society falls apart. Uh, I can't I can't really discern yet if it's like this happened in the past and now the truck driver is in a, a, a present, but it's different or it's a future. There's mention of the company, which has uh, overarching megacorp feels, you know, the, another one of those in audio drama. Uh, I'll, I, I'm here to say I haven't finished it, but the few episodes I have heard hit the spot of something that goes from place to place to place perfectly travel based audio is one of my weaknesses and scenic byways is so darned good i've also seen other people on twitter recommend it having heard the whole thing and they i mean i i i respect their tastes as well so if you want to check it out scenic byways also the album art emulates old school travel postcards and just love it that's also great quick before the internet figures out sure whatever (laughs) will what's your third recommendation uh i think my third recommendation is actually just gonna be the illusionist which we talked about um in talking about plagiarism yeah so the illusionist that's a l l u s i o n i s t (laughs) <laughs> not like illusion but allusion there was a very clear chart that was that had two axes confidence and spelling of that word uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> i could the problem is i could see the word in my head but saying the letters was very difficult like looking at them and saying them that was hard 
<laughs> there are there are like there are like series of numbers that I know by heart, but I have to type them out on a number pad to be able to remember them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so The Allusionist is a podcast about language from Radiotopia, hosted by the fantastic Helen Zaltzman, who is hilarious and brilliant and fantastic. Uh, it is, I think, probably my favorite podcast about language, which is saying a lot because I listen to a lot of them. Um, it is just so fun. And it talks about aspects of language that you would never think were as complex as they are. One of my uh, one of my favorite episodes is about the word bisexual, which used to mean basically unisex before unisex was a word. Um, so like the first uses of the word bisexual were about like oysters, <laughs> which I think is really great. Um <laughs> There is an episode on a book, a story that is being told word by word in tattoos on people. So like tons of people have just one word of a story tattooed on them, which is so interesting. And uh, Helen Saltzman talks to the person doing this art project. So there's just, again, so much, um, so much that she dives into about language that I think is is brilliant and so much fun. So that is The Allusionist. Um, it's a Radiotopia podcast. And now for my final recommendation, Will, I have a awesome storytelling podcast for you. It's just someone telling fables that are specifically from places with incredibly low amounts of moisture it's called driest fables ours <laughs> <laughs> were both really dumb this week <laughs> this you say that like they're not usually dumb i know i know oh was was yours did you write yours or did that come from somebody i miss if we gave them credit for that <laughs> Oh, no, it was me. It was all me. Oh, hey, look at that. I'm, prou- I'm proud of you. <laughs> you Thank you. <laughs> it's first time in forever. You haven't outsourced it. I made it myself. <laughs> uh, Will, where can people find you making puns on the internet? People can find me at, on Twitter at, at Will W. Writes. That's W-I-L-W underscore writes. You can find me on WillWilliams.reviews. And you can find me on... By the time this comes out, perhaps the Spotify for Podcasters blog. Um, you can also find me. Yeah, you can also find me on Podmass and places and more places. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at the Pod Report on Twitter. You can find me at my website, the Pod Report. Uh, I also freelance for Discover Pods and. Uh, that is about it. If you want to find the show online, we have our website dialed up podcast.wordpress.com. We also are supported through our wonderful people on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gavin G, which is just where I've kind of wrapped up all of my stuff together. A smart person yeah. would have launched the tuned in dialed up brand first and just used everything under that, but I've got the pod report still. So, uh, we're just we're just working with my name for now. Will, That's thank fine. you so much for joining me through at least four different internet problems on this episode. Yep. <laughs> thank you too, Gavin. And thank you, listener, for sticking through us through through this with us. All right, we got to go do other bye. stuff. So bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>